Hey, all you nerds out there, are you looking for more wrestling content or podcasts? Then go on over to Facebook, Spotify, iTunes, Twitter, and SoundCloud. And check out NXT and We with PJ and Brett. These fellow nerds review every single NXT episode and also have their very own wrestling interview series, among other fun stuff. So, go check out NXT and We today with PJ and Brett. Also, A-Rock Designs. I want to take a minute to give a quick shout-out to A-Rock Designs. That is spelled A-R-O-C-K-K Designs. A-Rock Designs is ran by Ashley Rodriguez. She makes all those cool wrestling cups you see floating around. So, if you want to get your hands on any custom merchandise, hit up Ashley Rodriguez at A-Rock Designs. If you can think it, she can make it. Last but not least, do you love wrestling and do you want to talk more about wrestling? Then head on over to Wrestling Review Society on Facebook. WRS is ran by my good friend Kevin Rodriguez. Kevin interviews your fave pro wrestlers every week and has the most amazing free, that's right, free giveaway. All you have to do is join Wrestling Review Society on Facebook and you could be the next big winner. This week's episode is brought to you by Design by Dunbar. If you need a logo design, flyers, e-commerce, website, or anything at all, go check out Designs by Dunbar at www.facebook.com slash Design by Dunbar. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Category 5, Corey Storm, and you are listening to the Nerds of Wrestling Podcast. What is going on, nerds, and welcome to episode 26 of What's Up Wrestler, a podcast by Nerds of Wrestling. I'm your host, Justin Del Rio, and my guest at this very time is Corey Storm. What is going on, bro? Not a whole lot, man. Just trying to get through this quarantine get back to wrestling. <laughs> Dude, like, um... Same, but I'm trying to go to wrestling shows. Um, I'm not a wrestler. I, I think uh, all the nerds on here know that. Uh, I just want to go to a show, man. You know, for sure. That that feeling is something that can't be replaced. I mean, you can watch as much of it as you want on television, but it's it's not the same. Oh, dude, one hundred percent, man. Um, I, up here I go to like a lot of uh, Northeast wrestling shows up in Connecticut, and it's I miss it so much. I, I can't wait to I can't wait to go back. You know, um, what kind of wrestling shows are up in your neck of the woods? Like, uh, is, is it like a big, big promotions up there? Uh, well, in Kentucky, I think the, the major ones are, of course, OVW, Ohio Valley Wrestling. Uh, there's the World Wrestling Alliance that runs Central City, Livermore, Owensboro, Evansville, which is in Indiana. But those are like the two main companies that I feel like are the biggest here in Kentucky. Um, those are really, I mean, I'm sure there's more throughout that I don't even know of, honestly, in Kentucky. <laughs> um, but in Kentucky, you know, you have to have your wrestling license and everything. So there's not really a whole lot of shows around this area. But there are some pretty good ones if you look, you know, if you look close enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, man. Um, you know, tell me more about you, man. Like, before you tell me more about you, like, what have you been up to during this, like, this whole, this whole quarantine, man, this whole madness? Well, I'm actually fortunate enough to uh, have my own wrestling ring in in my backyard of my house. So, oh no, uh, shit! Yeah, so I've I've been there, uh, you know, training and trying to just really not get any ring rust, so to speak. Uh, practicing moves, even if it's just by myself. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to stay in in good ring condition. That way, when we get back, 
you can't see any type of ring rust. So mainly doing that. I've been playing a whole lot of video games too here and there, usually at night. Uh, the new Call of Duty, I've been playing that a lot. So really that and then spending time with some family members that I wasn't really, you know, didn't have the time to spend and wasn't really getting able to see as much. So that's pretty awesome. So, I mean, this quarantine is... It, it's horrible, but it's also a blessing in disguise. Yeah, no, I, I get, I can kind of see that too. Um, are you like a big video game person? Oh uh, well, recently I've just kind of gotten into it more. Um, I've I've had a PlayStation forever. I just used to play the Call of Duties. I never really got into the online stuff. Um, and then I started playing NBA Two K Twenty, or actually started Two K Nineteen with Myron Reed, and then just kept going on to Two K Twenty, and then kind of got sick of that here and there so i downloaded the new call of duty and i've been playing that online so other than those games i don't really do a whole lot i mean grand theft auto sometimes and red dead but other than that no it's funny how you mentioned gta man um i just so i'm not a big online gamer either but i was bored and i just you know purchased one month for gta i mean um, online for playstation 4 you know playstation plus and i'm playing online dude like there's there's some there's there's a lot of vulgar language in online like it's crazy man kids kids cursing up storms and people like getting mad over little things like my like, yeah i'm never gonna play online again after this 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 expires because this isn't fun definitely yeah there's a lot of uh a lot of toxicity going on i know 100 man what the so hell toxic in those call of duty game lobbies i'm telling you <laughs> oh yeah no yeah i don't know how it is in uh call of duty but gt i did i don't play those I, I was playing like gta and i stole someone's car and they like just shot me with a rocket launcher i was like oh well i can't do that again so yeah, let me try something crazy, else so 100 <laughs> um have you been keeping up with like um wwe uh, a little bit here and there. Uh, I normally just watch the, uh, what are they called? The YouTube top 10 videos, top 10 moments. Um, that's kind of how I keep up. I do watch a lot of NXT though. Yeah. Um, normally like the mainstream stuff like Raw and SmackDown, if, if anything, I try to catch the replays of them or, you know, watch them on Hulu or like I said, watch the top 10 on YouTube. It's not really, I don't ever really sit down and watch them like live. Yeah, it's it's really hard to you know, especially right now, to sit down and watch like you know a two three hour wrestling show with nobody in the audience. It's it's really weird, but I do give credit to AEW for thinking outside the box for what they're for doing. Sure, yeah, I think they're uh, definitely changing the game or have changed the game for sure. Oh yeah, definitely, man. So let's talk more about you, man. How did Corey Storm become Corey Storm? Well, I actually started. Uh wrestling in my backyard on a trampoline with just one buddy um we started posting videos of it and stuff you know like everybody does i mean people you know people say what they want to say about backyard wrestling but everyone did that's it. how a lot of people start man i mean whether it was wrestling in the living room with your brothers and sisters or whatever it might be we all have a start so um like i said I, I started with one guy on the trampoline then i got a few more other buddies and we turned the trampoline into a wrestling ring and then you know, years later, we bought a wrestling ring. Uh, so we were, we were doing that. We were posting on YouTube. And then a guy actually contacted me about buying a belt that I had used on one of my backyard shows. He said his brother had passed away, and that was the belt that they started their company with. Oh, wow. So he wanted to buy it from me, and I was like, you know, I would really just like to train. You know what I mean? Like, I can't wrestle in Kentucky until I'm 18. I was 14 at the time. I was like, I really just want to train professionally. 
you have the belt. If I can just train with you, I'll pay, you know, whatever I need to do, but this is what I want to do. So I went over to Evansville, Indiana and started training with Coliseum Championship Wrestling. Uh, and then I went to, I did two shows for them. And then I went to IWA Mid-South and did a tryout there and made the tryout and started wrestling for IWA every week. So IWA was definitely like my big start. That's where I, you know, I wrestled Chris Hero, Jake Chris, Dave Chris, all those guys. And being in the IWA locker room really helped me grow as a wrestler. I mean, there's there's so many great minds just sitting back there listening to people. You know, Tracy Smothers would come through. All these guys that have been around the block came through, and they all really helped me out. So I appreciate that very much. That's pretty cool that you had that opportunity to, like, to start training, man. You know, um, how was it compared? Well, how was the wrestling, bad wrestling, I mean, you know, compared to your the wrestling ring in the backyard? It's actually really crazy. Uh, when I first started, I remember when I was going to WCWO and stuff with Jonathan Wolf. Uh, he really helped me out a lot. For those who don't know, he's really taught me a lot of stuff. He's actually, I mean, I don't, wouldn't really claim him as a trainer, but that man has taught me so much over the years. Um, he used to say he would hate me because I would just go in. You know, I didn't know we needed to shake hands. I didn't know how to pay respect to people. I didn't know what a vet was. I didn't know anything. <laughs> so me just coming in, you know, a lot of people viewed me as disrespectful, and that wasn't what I was trying to do. So over the years, I think I've, uh, I think I've overcame that. But yeah, it was it was definitely totally different. I mean, you could book your own fantasy shows in the backyard, but when you get here, you know, that's where the men are. So it's not just little boys playing around in the backyard with plastic titles anymore. You know what I mean? So it's definitely a whole lot different. I gotta know, man. What was uh, your uh, backyard fed called? It's called Extreme National Wrestling. We actually had. Uh, branches of it. We had guys doing the show in Hawaii. Wow. Um, there were guys in Oklahoma doing one, and then here, obviously, in my backyard in Kentucky. So we were trying to expand it more, but a lot of people, you know, didn't really want to. So it was whatever. But my plan at first was to go to Oklahoma and wrestle in those guys' backyard and go up there like once a month. And then my mom's like, no, we can't do that. So oh, darn. we just branched it out and made it here in Kentucky. So <laughs> hey, yeah, you know, it's. It's cool, man. Backyard, you know, it's a lot of fun, you know, and, you know, a lot of people, you know, will, will you know, shit on it. But, at, you know, at one point, everyone, a lot of wrestlers did it, and that's, you know, they, that's how they got kind of their start, but not, you know, not that start, you know what I mean? For sure, yeah. I mean, if you think about the Hardy Boys, like, that's that's where they started. So, yeah. being able to go back and watch some of the Hardy Boys stuff, it's like, man, that's cool. Like, I was literally doing the same thing as they were, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, dude, it, exactly. It's really crazy. You know, I was a referee for in the backyard wrestling fed for four years. I had a blast doing that. I loved it. For sure, it was so much fun. I mean, you're with your friends, you're with your family sometimes that they come around to watch, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we never my, my really family had never any came. crowd out there, but, you know, it was, still, it was still fun to do, and we had fun on the YouTube. We had 2,000 subscribers on the YouTube at the point, which isn't, I mean, a whole lot, but then again, it is for a backyard show. So yeah, no, 100%. We got, uh, I remember we did this, like, money in the bank type match, and my granddad actually came out and helped me build, like, pillars i guess to put on the ring post to hold like do like an exhibition match almost and we got sixteen thousand views off that one video so that was crazy i remember we in uh, the backyard i was in they were doing like a title match we didn't have a uh pillar so so we used duct tape <laughs> so it was really weird like we put they put duct tape around the ring post and <clears throat> i don't know they put like string and like attach a duct tape on it it like just put the duct tape over the ring, so it was kind of really weird, but it worked. So 
The way we had the stuff rigged up, man, it was crazy, but somehow it worked. I don't know how. Hey, you know, you look back and go, I don't know how it worked, but it did. So don't don't question it. I mean, prime example of work with what you got for sure. Yeah, exactly. The back backyard wrestling god was looking out for you guys. So definitely. <laughs> you know, so so how was training, man? You know, you go into there. You know, you start training and everything. Um, how long after, like, did you start, like, you know, picking up the pace? Well, I had I had watched a lot of training videos. Uh, I remember I watched the Santino Bros a lot. I watched that uh, before, you know, really even starting to do backyard. So I was already kind of practicing this stuff. I mean, I know a wrestling ring and a trampoline are two totally different things, but I was still trying to get the stuff down. I was watching videos on how to run the ropes and everything. So when I got into training... The trainer there, Canadian Kid, was actually very, like, surprised that I had, like, caught on that fast. So, training was pretty awesome. I mean, it was fun. We would, you know, I would drive 30 minutes. I would go there and then drive back home. And when I got there for the first time, it was actually Canadian Kid. And there was a few other guys. But a lot of the students were actually his kids, like his sons. Wow. And they were actually younger than me. They were, like, eight, nine. So, that was crazy. Jesus. 30 minutes, man, that's not that's not bad from your house to the school. You know, I hear stories all the time. Oh, I had to drive, you know, hour and change. I had to drive, you know, 45 minutes, you know, like two hours. So in most cases, you know, like tw- once or twice a week. So how, um, how often did you train? Uh, well, I tra- trained there. I did two times a week for, I think it was like about a month. And then oh. I did my first match there. Um. And then, you know, like I said, I went to IWA. That was a two-hour drive every week. And then it actually went just from Thursday to Thursday and Saturday. So that was twice a week. And then on Fridays, I would go to Indianapolis for WCWO with Jonathan. Wow. So that was a three-and-a-half-hour drive. So I kind of started, you know, learning the traveling and what it really takes and how bad it really is and how good it can be at the same time very early on. Yeah, for sure, man. Um. How, you know, how long after did it take you to, like, you know, start getting, you know, taking bookings? I actually started going several places with Jonathan Wolf uh, from the very beginning. I went a few places with him. Like, I wrestled in Illinois, uh, or Illinois, my bad. I wrestled there. Uh, I traveled with Myron Reed and Mickey Muscles for a little bit. So I was, I was kind of, you know, just traveling with those guys, not even knowing if I was going to get a spot. And then a lot of the times it worked out to where they were like, hey, we could use you for this, this, and this. So that was really my traveling beginning was with a lot of those guys. I always hear stories where, you know, a wrestler goes to a show just to, you know, help out or, you know, just to, you know, put, you know, try to, you know, you know, just get his foot in the door and, you know, just make, you know, try to introduce himself to everybody. And it works out in the long run because, like you said, you know, most times they go, hey, you know, we could use we could use you for this and that and, you know, whatever. Um, What was like the craziest thing you got booked for last minute? Like without, you know, without it being planned. The craziest thing I would say would probably be recently was here at the uh, the last impact show. Um, the impact and OVW one, they were, you know, the first night I had known that it was going to be me versus dimes. Uh, that was the first night. And then the second night I didn't know because OVW, the first night was running a show in the same place. And then impact was running a show. So I was like, we need some guys here, some guys there. So I got on to the impact show the first night. And then the second night it was at the Davis arena, the OVW's arena. And I didn't know if I was going to be on the show. 
And uh, when I went in, you know, I was just hanging out with Ace Austin. We were doing some stuff in the ring. And then uh, one of the guys came up to me and they were like, hey, are you doing anything tonight? And I was like, no, I'm not doing anything. It was Hakeem Zane. He was like, are you doing anything tonight? I was like, no, I'm just here. uh wrestled, you know, with you guys last night, but I didn't know about tonight. He was like, all right, uh, I met you at AAW. You were pretty cool. You had a great match. You know, I'm going to ask them if, if we could work together. So that was pretty cool that he stuck his neck out for me. So we actually had a match, and it wasn't a pre-show. It was actually first on the card. So that was pretty awesome. But that Holy was very shit. last minute. <laughs> Dude, that was, that's awesome, man. Like, what was your mindset at that point? It was crazy. I mean, I was already very comfortable wrestling in the Davis Arena. So there wasn't really a whole lot of butterflies other than it was going to be on their national TV show, which was wild. But, uh, you know, wrestling in front of the OVW fans was something I was used to. So being in that ring, knowing the guy that I wrestled and wrestling in that building really helped me out a lot. Dude, that's very cool, man. Um, Tell us some more, like, big, big opportunities that you had the chance you know, in your wrestling career, um, you know, I, I, I'm really excited to talk to you. I know you wrestled in um, 205 Live in this past January. Yeah, that was that was awesome, dude. Like, I gotta know, man, how did that opportunity come? You know, come to you? It was crazy. Uh, you actually, you can apply for extra work. So once I had did that, you know, we were all there and we were actually just waiting around in this room, and then did the, you know the. Uh, the producers or the talent agents, they came up to us, and then they had chosen me and Anthony Wayne for the 205 match. So that was kind of wild. And then 205 Live was obviously recorded after SmackDown. So I had to wait that entire time. And, like, the butterflies, they just built up the entire time. I'm like, man, I'm really, like, living my dream right now. This is my dream, to wrestle in this ring right here. No matter if it has a Raw ring skirt, SmackDown, NXT, 205 Live, it doesn't matter. This is my dream. And I have to, you know, do whatever it takes. So I was in there, you know, like I said, waiting around, butterflies building up. And then when I got out there, the butterflies just went away. It was actually, like, really crazy. Like, once I got out, once I walked through the curtain, everything was fine. I felt like I was at home. You wrestled, you wrestled what I know them um, as the Bollywood boys. Um, you know, Sling Brothers, correct? Um, you know, um, how were they work to work with? They were awesome. They were actually really nice guys. Uh I had actually talked to one of them. He was talking to me a little bit before we went out because he asked me if I was nervous. And I was like, a little bit. You know, I'm a little bit nervous. This is like crazy for me. He was like, don't be nervous. And then we just started talking and he was talking about how, you know, he was going to have a baby and all this. So he really like comforted <laughs> me, man. Like he was cool. Like <laughs> he made all the butterflies go away. That was probably him. That probably wasn't me just walking out the curtain with like massive confidence. But it was crazy. It was really wild. While you were walking out the curtain, you know, down that ramp, you know, because I know, I know the um, you guys don't get your entrance and everything. Um, did people like spot you right away? Do they know who you were? There was. I actually heard a few people. They were like Corey Storm, Corey Storm, and like my girlfriend and my mom were there too. So they said they heard people saying it. So I was like, man, that's crazy. Like as soon as I walked out and got about mid mid entrance ramp because the lights were off and they were playing some type of production promotional video on the yeah. screen on Titan Tron. So about halfway mid mid entrance ramp I heard him say Corey Storm and I was like, man, this is wild. Like I'm in Memphis, Tennessee. Like I've only wrestled in Tennessee like three or four times. This is crazy. Yeah, it is crazy, man. That that is so cool. But like 
like did you how how did the opportunity come to you like did they tell you the day of or like did did someone tell you like you know a week or two before that you were going to be wrestling on 205 live no actually i i uh was informed that i was going to be on 205 like right before smackdown started i mean even, like pretty much five minutes before they started the smackdown intro was when i knew so i had to go into the locker room and get changed and then was just pacing around back and forth like man this is really wild you know you have guys that you've watched on tv your entire lives walking around you like there was Seamus back there making his own gear Cesaro making his own gear uh Sami Zayn getting his getting his hair cut at the barbershop they had back there the, <laughs> you know, women wrestlers putting on the makeup everything it was just so crazy like the production value there is amazing well, so you found out like like that night, like when you were there, like five minutes before they went on air that you were wrestling on the show, like less you know less than three hours. Right. Yeah. Dude, I would have. I don't know. Man, I would have been nervous as fuck. And you know, and the crazy thing was, they were like, you know, we need you two guys, and then they were like, can you guys go get changed into some into some training clothes and get in the ring for a few minutes? And we're like, okay. So we, like, ran back to where our locker room was. It was a small little extra work locker room. We ran back there. We got our stuff on and went to the ring. And there was, like, Sasha Banks was in the ring, you know, with Bailey. And then there was, like, Roman Reigns and there was Braun Strowman. I don't remember who else was in the ring. But they were like, hey, guys, can you clear the ring out? And I'm like, man, they're clearing the ring out for us? This is wild. Like, what is going on? <laughs> and this, it must have, oh, my. I would have been such a mark at that time. I would have been such a, such a fangirl. But that's just, but yeah, you got, you know, you got to stay professional. Got to stay professional. No big deal. No big deal. You know. I'm so you, I'm like, man, like I'm getting in this ring. All these guys are like, they didn't, they didn't walk off either. You know what I mean? Like they got out of the ring and they like, like sat on the apron or stood on the apron. I'm like, man, these guys are like right here watching me wrestle. Like this is crazy. Holy shit. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know. I would have been nervous as fuck. But, you know, after that opportunity, man, you know, um, that, that that was really cool for you. You know, I saw on Facebook, you know, I was watching 205 Live that night, and I'm like, Corey Storm. Okay, then I found you on Facebook, like, I think, like, a month later. I was like, oh, he wrestled on 205 Live, and now I'm talking to you about it. So it's kind of kind of cool. Um, You know, after Crazy that. stuff comes full circle for dude, sure. Dude, <laughs> 100%, man. Uh, you know, like, thank you again for coming on, man. Um. Uh, not a problem. You know, so after after that, um, after that two oh five live and everything, you got um how how were your bookings after that? After two oh five, like you said, it was early January, it was January third. So I had done I think two OVW shows and then, you know, other bookings in Indiana and different stuff that I had already had booked prior to two oh five. Um and then it was it was pretty much immediately, not even a full month after 205 was the two dates that I had with Impact. So that was like crazy. It was back to back, like WWE, Impact, OVW, those three, and then quarantine happened. So Yeah, and it's a very, very shitty situation we're living in, but we'll, we'll get through it soon, man. Um, But, you know, and you got to wrestle, you know, like you said, for OVW, you know, the Impact shows. Um, How are those, man? Like you, like touch, I know you touched base a little bit on it, but like, how how are those opportunities for you? OVW, uh, I actually remember the first time I went to OVW. It's kind of like one of those things that we were talking about, like show up at a show, you help out, you don't know if you're going to get booked and then you do or you don't. Yep. So the first time I showed up there, um, I was actually recommended by Josh Ashcraft. He told me to come up, you know, talk to Al and see what we can do. So he went to bat for me because we had ran a program and we did some stuff at Paradigm for wrestling in Indiana. 
so he, you know, like I said, he stuck his neck out for me. He vouched for me. And then Al had me in the dark match main event with Isaiah, which was a dude that I'm completely comfortable with. I've wrestled with Isaiah. I've learned from Isaiah for years now. So that was pretty awesome being able to like give a first impression off with somebody that I'm that close to. So we did that. And then the next week I was in a TV title match and beat four guys and then lost in the end. So that was, that was, I started OVW. It was like, as soon as I got there, it was off to the races. So yeah, that was my, no, that was actually one of the questions I was going to ask you was, um, you know, you wrestle for, obviously, you know, you wrestle quite, quite, you know, the vast amount of opponents, but is that opponent you just mentioned, um, what's his name, Isaiah? Isaiah, yeah, the Ninja Isaiah. Was he uh, Isaiah? Was he the? Uh, is he like one person that you absolutely feel comfortable with, or is there like another person that you feel comfortable stepping in the ring with? And like, yeah, not, you know, you know what I mean. Like, not comfortable. Like, obviously, you know, wrestlers have to be comfortable with each other, but like, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, Isaiah was definitely one of those guys. Like I said, he he was one of the guys that was there on and off at IWA when I first started. And then I built the relationship even further uh, in West Virginia. I had a match with them and then Paradigm Pro Wrestling. I was there for a year. So built up those relationships there. Uh, Like I said, Jonathan Wolf is a guy that I've wrestled more times than I can even count. Um, Myron Reed, Mickey Muscles, all those guys, Cole Radrick. Those guys are really the guys that I'm comfortable with in the ring. And I, you know, trust with anything. And they've all helped me out so much. That's that's fantastic, man. What is what is like the craziest stuff you you've done with those opponents? Man, if if we're talking about Jonathan Wolf, oh man, it's crazy. Uh, I actually my first match that I came back after I broke my elbow in 2019. Uh, they had told me I was going to be out for six months, but I came back in three. Nice. So once I came back, uh, my first booking was the Young Guns tournament for WCWO. And my first round match was against Jonathan Wolf and Brian Pillman Jr. And um, the finish of that match was Jonathan giving me a brain buster off the top rope onto oh. the top rope. To oh, the floor. oh, my God. So I'm, you know, I'm terrified. Like, I'm up there. I just, just came back from injury. Haven't wrestled in three months. Like, I, I definitely had ring rust because there was nothing I could do, you know what I mean, with the elbow. So as soon as I came back, I didn't even have full motion in my elbow yet. Um as soon as I came back, it was just like, he was just like, we got to do it, man. You got to get over your fear. So I was like, man, this is crazy, but you can talk me into anything. So let's just do it. <laughs> so we did. And, you know, I had Joey Dice and Pillman Jr. out there. They caught me on the floor. And, you know, that's that was that was probably the craziest thing I've done uh, so far since the elbow. But I'm sure I could name off a million things before then, too, before the elbow. Holy shit. A bright dude. Like. Yeah, I would have been scared shitless taking that, man. Like, holy, sh- you know, kudos to you, man. I don't know how you guys do do those kind of spots, man. They're 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 nuts. Um, I don't know if you touched base on it before, but what happened with your elbow? Yeah, my elbow. Uh, it was at a Paradigm Pro Wrestling show in Indiana. Uh, it was me and Myron Reed versus IFHY Jonathan Wolf and Sean Kemp. But for the tag titles, we had we had done a feud with IFHY in Indianapolis. And uh, that was a few years before. So we were in this match, and everybody there pretty much knew our story. So we had, like, carried on our story, which was awesome. We had built it up. You know, we kept going with it. And then that night when, you know, it was the big blow-off for it, me and Myron went for 
like double 450s at the same time. Ooh. He hit his on Jonathan Wolf. I go to hit mine on Sean Kemp, and I over, you know, overshoot him. And I like put my arm down, I guess, to brace myself. Maybe I'm not really sure what I did in the moment, but I heard a, like a really loud snap. And a lot of people ask me, like, did it hurt? Like right when it happened, it really didn't. Uh, it didn't hurt until I rolled out of the ring to the floor. Like I started like freaking out immediately when I heard the snap because it was like it didn't hurt, but I heard it. Like what just happened? And so I rolled out to the ring, and when I rolled out of the ring, I fell on my elbow. So I was like, man, this is something with my arm. And I was, like, telling the ref, I was like, I broke my arm, I broke my arm. And then when we got to the back, John Wayne Murdoch and Myron Reed and all those guys were back there, and they were moving my elbow and stuff. And they are like, it's not broke, so you can move it. I was like, I promise you, something's broke in my elbow. I promise you. And so we went down the road to the emergency room, and it was broken. So. Oh, fucking hell, dude. Like, God damn. You, yeah, it didn't hurt, you know, because of all, like, the adrenaline. But after, you know, yep, it, 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 this isn't supposed to be like that. Man. And you yeah, said I mean, you got... as soon as I got to the backstage, that's when that's when I knew. Like, I knew it was broken the moment, but I didn't want to believe it until I got backstage and I started moving it. And I was like, man, this is broke. I promise you. Like, I'm, I'm crying. Like, I never cry over my pain. Like, I hold my pain in. So... For me to be crying back there in front of all those guys, for sure, guys I looked up to, was like, man, this is really bad. Yeah, it, it, bro, come on, you're 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 good, you're you're fine. You broke something. You have every right to cry. Um, you know, um, so you, the recovery time you said was for six months, and you you returned in three. That's that's really good, man. Yeah, when I uh, when I first got it checked out, they said that it was a hairline fracture. Is what they said. Oh, okay. And uh, they said it was going to be six weeks. And then I got it checked out by the burn, burn, the uh, the bone surgeon. That's the word. Bone surgeon. And he Close said enough. that I actually broke it in the worst place I possibly could. He said it wasn't a fracture. It was a break split right down the middle in the worst part possible. And he said that it would be six months. So I had, you know, I got the surgery two days after I broke it and then started doing physical therapy four times a week. And uh, came back in three months. They asked me if I wanted to do two times a week or four, and I was like, I want to do four. I want to be back in two months. Two months was my goal, but barely missed it on three. Hey, I mean that's a, that's a great recovery time, man. Like that's very good. And then of course you know you go back and you take a take a sixth spot, <laughs> like you did. And I, I I feel like a lot of wrestlers do that though. You know they come back after like you know an injury and they take like a sixth spot. You know, I but, think it's just I think it's just a have to thing. I think they just have to get it out of their minds, like that they're gonna get hurt again, and then after that they're fine. Like I mean, as soon as I took that brain buster and landed, I'm like, dude, I'm fine. Like, you know what I mean? I'm ready to go now. Like this is, you know, this elbow is not gonna stop me at all. And yeah, it hasn't since. Knock on wood. But yeah, you know, knock on wood. You know, and, and Daniel Bryan, man, I remember I was talking to my buddy, uh, a buddy of mine, when Daniel Bryan came back, he announced his in ring return. And, you know, at the end of the SmackDown, he gets attacked by Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, if I'm not mistaken. And Kevin Owens gives him a powerbomb on, on the edge of the canvas. I'm like, God damn, bro. Like, Jesus, Daniel, what are you doing? People are crazy, man. Like I said, I think it's just having to get out of that fear. And once they're out of it, as you can see with Daniel Bryan and plenty of other guys, like as soon as they take that just one spot, they're perfectly fine and they can really start, you know, kicking it into high gear. Oh, yeah, man. You know, speaking about these WWE guys, man, who were some wrestlers you looked up to before, you know, while while you were a young Corey Storm? Young Corey Storm. If we're going all the way back, uh, I remember 
the very first person I ever seen wrestling. Uh, the very first time I was at my cousin's house and she was watching wrestling. And uh, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know who anybody was. But as soon as I walked in the door, the boogeyman music hit. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> and then I seen him and I was just like, man, this is crazy. Like, I sat down and watched the whole show. Like Boogeyman was on it. Rey Mysterio, Jeff Hardy, all those guys like were on the same show. So it was like those were the three main guys. But like if it was in order, it was definitely Hardy, Mysterio, Boogeyman. Like those were the three main guys when I first started wrestling or first started watching wrestling. It sounded like a SmackDown you were you caught there. Definitely, yeah. It was it was a SmackDown. I think it was like oh six maybe. I'm not really sure. I was I was really young though. Dude, such such a good time for wrestling, man. Oh six, that's when I started watching wrestling. You know, um, 06, you know, um, like mid 06, like April, I started watching. WrestleMania 22 was, I didn't watch the pay-per-view. I just got the WrestleMania 22 DVD. And I had no idea what was happening, no idea what was going on. And I just got the DVD. I watched it. I was hooked. And I started watching um, Raw every Monday through that time. You know, John Cena, I was a big John Cena, Mark. Um, I think everyone was at one point. Definitely, yeah. You know, um, you know, but like. Can you recall any of like your favorite matches that you just were in awe over? Yeah, um, I remember watching Armageddon to the Armageddon, however you say it, uh, two thousand eight. It was Jeff Hardy, Edge, and Triple H in a triple threat match, and that was actually the year Hardy won the WWE Championship. And then I think two nights before, or it was it was within like the same month, Matt Hardy won the ECW Championship. So like that was like my prime era, like my you know what I mean? The Hardy Boys, like the two guys that I watch all the time, went back and even watched their stuff from WrestleMania 17. That was actually the match WrestleMania 17 that got me to be like, I want to be a wrestler. It was a triple threat TLC match, yep. the Dudleys, Edge and Christian, and the Hardys. So that was the match that I was like, man, I want to do this. Like, this is crazy. I want to I want to flip through ladders. I want to do all this stuff, man. Like, <laughs> this is wild. I got to ask, uh, man. Definitely does. Um, dude, dude, great matches. And... I gotta ask, WrestleMania 17, man, true or false? The best, the best mania of all time. I think it was definitely one of them. Uh, I actually went back and watched it like the other day, and still, like to this day, it's one of the best. But like that triple threat TLC match was by far the best on the card. Like the whole card was amazing, but that match was like it was it it took the top of the cake, man. It was just, it was wild. I feel like, you know, I feel like when you mentioned WrestleMania 17 to um, a lot of wrestling fans, they always, you know, that's the match that, you know, comes to mind, you know, that triple threat TLC match. Or even, you know, of course, you know, the main event, um, Rock versus Stone Cold or, you know, Triple H versus Taker. You know, those those matches right there. I mean, WrestleMania 17, man, I, such a good meet me. I mean, even to this day, and I wasn't watching wrestling at the time. You know, um, but, you know, obviously I, I look back and, you know, I, I watch all the WrestleManias. I'm like, oh, 17 was hands down, like, the best one, 100%. And back then when I'm younger, too, man, I think it really, like, wrestling really connects more when, you know, to a younger audience when you're younger. Because it's like, I remember sitting back and watching, you know, Triple H hit people with sledgehammers. And I'm like, how is this legal? Or <laughs> yeah. Crime Time and John Cena destroying JBL's limo. Like, how is this not vandalism? You know, like... <laughs> Kofi destroying Randy's race car. Like, what is happening? Like, are these guys not going to prison? Like, what is going on? Dude, right? Exactly. You know, I remember I remember when I was so stupid. I remember when this man went into the limo and it blew up. 
I was like, oh my god, he just committed suicide on TV. What the fuck just happened? I thought he was dead for sure, definitely. I was like, this is wild. Like, what is what is happening? Is anybody calling the police? Like, what's going on? <laughs> you know, I was watching a documentary about that, and from what I from what I heard, you know, nobody left the arena then. Like, obviously they left eventually, but like everyone just stood there after the show and they're like, what the hell just happened? I heard several people called the police that night too. Like, that's crazy. Like, if you can. If you can get your fans to invest that much, man, like you've got it made for sure. Oh, definitely for sure, man. Um, so I know you guys run a group on Facebook. When I when I say you guys, you Black Magic and um, Willie Finesse, it's called the Fig Bros. What what really what really uh, brought that to mind? Well, uh, actually, Willie started that group. Um, you know, Willie had came over. Willie's always been a really good friend of mine. Uh, he was coming over to my house before me or him started wrestling, and we would do stuff in the ring together and stuff. Uh, actually, the kick pads that he debuted in were the same ones that I debuted in. So it was, like, pretty wild that, like, we shared those kick pads and we shared so many memories. But I didn't really ever know he was that big into wrestling figures. Uh, I had always knew he was big into, like, collecting belts or, you know, wrestling cards, but I never really knew, you know, the figure you know stuff about him so he came over one day I, I remember sending him and uh black magic like a random video of my collection they were like man that's crazy like we gotta come over like i'll buy some stuff and they came over and it was like 607 dollars worth of stuff that they buy from me oh my they god me. so it was wild like that and then you know they started the fig bros group willie did and he, i was like man am i you know am i in the fig bros because when i joined it it said uh what did I say? It said admin. I don't think it was admin, but it was moderator. It was something else. Moderator. Yeah, it wasn't an admin, but it was a moderator. So I was like, maybe I can like work my way up to an admin. And they were like, you don't have to do anything, bro. Like we just made you an admin. I was like, all right, sweet. We'll have some fun with this. We've done fig packs and everything. So the amount of people, like the amount of interaction we've had in that group is pretty awesome. Yeah. And you guys, you guys, you know, all started at what? About two, two, two weeks ago. Yeah, we started at May 8th, and we're almost at 400 members right now. So. That's that's not bad, man. That's good. You know, keep keep pushing, man. You know, keep pushing that group and just, you know, it's the love of figures. I mean, everyone loves figures. You know, pop figures, you know, just all those kind of figures. There's so much figures out there and everything. I know you have quite the quite the uh, action figure collection, man. Um, I remember I was watching um, you on live on eg um eg jesus on ig with willie finesse and black magic and you were showing them all your figures and i saw that i was like holy shit god damn yeah, it was crazy i actually started collecting in 08 uh the first two pack i got i think was the the spirit squad and then i got like a cane and mvp one so those that was when wwe was producing jack's figures um i started collecting and then it was pretty much as soon as I started collecting was when they switched from Jax to Mattel. So I started collecting the Mattel ones, and then I gave all my collection away to one of my buddies. Gave it all away to him. I was like, I'm not going to collect anymore. And then <laughs> they started coming out with newer ones. And I was like, man, these are crazy. Like These are guys that I wanted you know, before, but they weren't releasing them. But now they are. Like, what the heck's going on? So I just started recollecting. And this is actually maybe three four years worth right here i don't even think it's that much maybe three years but i had to you know buy a lot of the stuff i gave the guy back so hey, it's a lot of figures man from what i saw how many figures do you have all together i have no idea 
Don't you no have? Idea. <laughs> I think you have like your own separate room for your figures. Yeah. If I'm not that bro right there, that that explains it right there. If you have your own room, if you have your own room for your action figures, you have a lot. Yeah, we have a we have a four bedroom house. Uh, actually, our upstairs room was the room that you know my mom and my girlfriend were like, you need to put your figures up there. And I was like, <laughs> all right, I don't want to I don't want to put them upstairs. Like it's a bigger room, but I don't have that many. So I didn't really have that many at the time. So I was like, I got to get this smaller room to make it look like I have a lot in it. And then <laughs> I started getting more. I was like, man, I'm running out of room. Like I should have just listened to them one upstairs. But <laughs> are you upstairs now or are you still downstairs? No, I'm still I'm still downstairs in a really small room. So I've ran out of space. I have stuff in piles and in toasts that I can't even hang on the wall. Anymore. Nah, you, like you said, I mean, you should have listened, bro. Come on, Corey. <laughs> I should have, man. I should have. You know, they bust my balls about it every day. Uh, it's all good, man. It's <clears throat> man. Um, so where do you see Fig Bros going? Like, what are you, like, what was what, what what does the future hold for the the Fig Bros? Honestly, I have no idea. Um, you know, like I said, we've been like having a lot of interaction lately, and I think what people are enjoying the most about it is it's not only wrestling figures. We're all wrestlers and we're all figure collectors, but it's not only wrestling figures i mean we have people that collect ghostbusters people that collect toy story you know all all types of different stuff ninja turtles everything like willie was on a live last night and he was like this group is for anybody you can collect newspapers and be in this group which i don't know if he really means that but you know there, there's all you know all different types of collectors different ages just people interacting and you know, it's it's not it's not about the money. We're doing these fig packs, but it's not about the money. We're putting the money into celebrity shout outs like cameos. Like we'll have them say our name, shout out us, shout out the figure group, and then shout out somebody in the group too, to where it's just more interaction and we had the seven dollar fig packs, we sold out of those, and then we only have I think one of the fifteen dollar ones that we're gonna do at twenty five. And then all the people that had bought one are going to put their name, we're going to put their name in a hat. And then whoever we draw out gets a hundred dollar Amazon gift card. Wow. That, I love what you guys are doing. That's absolutely fantastic, man. I'm excited to see what the Fig Bros, what the future for Fig Bros holds, man. Um, Corey, this has been so much talking to you, man. Um, before I let you go, what are your goals, you know, after this, uh, after this whole quarantine is over, man? After the quarantine, my goal is definitely to just get back where I left off. Uh, 2019 was a great year. I had, you know, I wrestled in 12 states, over 50 promotions. I wrestled in Canada. I was like, that's my year. Wow. But then 2020 started. I was like, WWE, OVW, Impact. I was like, this is my year. And then this quarantine. So once this is over, like I said, I'm, I'm still in ring shape. I'm still ready to go anytime they, you know, let this quarantine up. I'm ready to go. I'm ready, 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 ready to get back to wrestling at OVW and make us the number one wrestling show on on national TV. That, that's that's the goal, but you know it'll take some time. But that's my main goal is you know just to just to get back to where I left off. You got this, bro, man. I wish you all the luck. Drop some plugs, man. Where can the nerds of wrestling find Corey Storm? Appreciate you, Justin. Uh, of course. You, you guys can find me on Instagram at CoreyStorm24. My Twitter is at Corey underscore Storm24. Uh, I'm actually on Twitch now streaming for video games. If anybody's a video gamer, uh, that's CoreyStorm24 as well. So uh, you can find me on on uh, Facebook, CoreyStorm24. So, yeah, those are the social medias you guys can go follow. Uh, I'm definitely a very interactive person. I like to interact with all my fans, so... 
you know, you guys need anybody to talk to, you guys want to, you know, anything, man, I'm here. So <laughs> awesome. Corey, thank you so much, bro. Stay safe. And um, I will definitely, we'll definitely keep in touch. Appreciate you, man. Anytime. And that concludes this episode on the Nerds of Wrestling Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe for more future episodes. I'm your host, Justin Del Rio. Peace out, nerds.